Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Isaiah 40b, and this is Saul Weiner, the host to your podcast. Yesterday we read the first five verses of chapter 40. Today I will continue from verse 6 and hopefully complete the chapter. Kol Omer Kira. If you recall, Ishayahu has just said in the first five verses, he has told us that it is in the hands of the people to bring about comfort to Jerusalem and comfort to the Jewish people and the nation of Judah. Comfort, comfort my nation, comfort Jerusalem, comfort the people, and how do you do that? Lower the arrogant, uplift the humble, straighten. That's how you create a path to God and a path to the future and the path to salvation. Kol Omer Kira, he then says in verse 6. A voice comes out, the voice of God comes out and says, Kira, call out, call out, call out these lessons to the people. And then he says, he, there's various interpretations, but I'm going to translate he as being he, the people, the people that are skeptical will then say, what should I call out? Why should I call out? And I'm going to interpret the rest of this chapter as being a response to the skeptics, to the ones that say, what does the skeptic say? Let's complete his words. All of flesh, all of humankind is no better than just, just grass. All of his goodness, all of this, this goodness that God gave us, meaning all of the people and societies and buildings and nations and whatever it is that we have, it's, it's, no, it's nothing. We've done all this and we've gotten nowhere because to God it's like just the things that grow in the field. And what happens to all of those things when God is angry? The grass dries up and withers. The flowers and the trees and the blooms just wither away. The Spirit of God has blown upon it. Man is nothing. People are nothing. The nations are nothing but grass before God. And all he has to do is do his thing and destroys it all. Why should I bother? The skeptics ask. Why should I bother making a better society when it's all going to get destroyed anyway? Yavesh chatzir novel he continues to say. Grath withers. Grath, it all goes away. Kiruach Adonai Nashvachin chatzir ha'am. Yavesh chatzir novel he says again. Utvar Eloheinu yakum lo'olam. The word of God lasts forever. This could be a response, part of the response, this last verse, verse 8, that yes, it's true, the grass withers, but the word of God is forever, so we should stick to God. Or it could be the depressed words of the skeptics still talking. It all just dries away. And yes, the word of God lasts forever, but why follow him? Why follow him if nothing good is going to come of it? The response is as follows and reads for the rest of the chapter. <laughs> and it's kind of a, some of the most basic philosophical ideas of Judaism are expressed by Yeshayahu, by Isaiah, in his answer to the skeptic. If we look and start from verse 9, he starts as follows. No, don't ask me why should I get up and call out. God tells you to call out his name. Get up and call out. Al-Har Givoa Alilach. 
You should climb up to the tops of the mountains, he who is bringing the news to Zion. Remember, comfort, comfort my nation, comfort Jerusalem. That's your job. It's your job to call out to Zion. If you remember, um, in earlier parts of Yeshayahu, again, he expressed the, the idea that there was a, the nace, the sign up on top of the mountains, the sign of God that was being brought on top of the mountains. Again, he's, he's expressing those, those ideas again. Harimi v'koach kolech. Call out your voice loud and clear, Mivaseret Yushalayim, you who is giving this news, this Nechama, this comfort to Jerusalem. Harimi, say it out loud, Altiroi, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid like you are. You're just afraid. You're afraid because you've seen all the destruction, you've seen all the loss, you've seen all the suffering. Of course, it's natural to be afraid, but Isaiah is telling you, no, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Imri l'arei Go ahead, say it to the cities of Judah. Say, yes, behold, this is your God. Say, this is your God. But remember, the skeptic had some really good questions. And Isaiah continues, Yes, behold, it's true that God will come in strength. There will be punishment. And his right arm, which usually connotes strength and, unfortunately, punishment. However, he ne'sicharoito. The reward also comes with God. Ufa'ula soldifanov, and the things that he does come in front of him. God leads his sheep, his flock, like a shepherd. With his arms, he will go and gather all of the young sheep, all of the baby sheep. And God will drive and push the mother sheep in front and um, and lead them. God leads his people back. The image of a shepherd with the sheep or goats walking in front of him, God does lead them. In other words, yes, it's true that he comes in strength and might, but he also is what gives us life. He also is what gives us love. He also is what gives us the things that that we need to to thrive. And then he says, the ultimate question of do we even understand God? Do we even understand His ways? How is it possible to understand that? So he goes ahead and says the follows in, in verse 12. Mimo dad bisha'olomayim vishamayim bizeres tikein. Who is it? Who is the Creator? Who's the one that measured out all the water in the world and set up the entire heaven with His hand? V'chol basholisha farah and he uh, measured out all of the dirt and decided how much dirt there should be in this world. The one who, who weighed the mountains with a scale and decided which mountain goes where and who's tall and who's not. And used a, uh, a scale to measure the heights and the hills. Who can possibly know the Spirit of God? Who can possibly know the wisdom? of the one who created all of this. What man could possibly know this? At me, in other words, we have no way of co possibly comprehending the greatness of a creator of all of what we see. How is it possible for us to imagine that we understand his ways and why sometimes there is strength and why sometimes we find punishment and sometimes we find support and, and what we perceive as his love. At me no Who did God ask advice from that we should go and understand him? 
God didn't ask advice. He's not someone that that operates in ways that we can possibly understand. Who taught God how to, to mete out justice? God never asked anyone. He is the ultimate source of justice. Who's the one that taught God knowledge? And taught God how to understand? No one. No one. God is above all of that. To God, the nations are like nothing. Mighty nations are like, are, are like a drop in the bucket. They're like dust sitting on a on a on a scale or a balance. He he can um, raise islands like like he can just take them like like nothing like dust. The Lebanon, Lebanon, which is the symbol of the mighty wilderness, the mighty trees and wilderness. That's like there's not enough trees to fuel God. And there isn't enough. Um, animals there uh, living in those forests that can possibly be, be sacrificed to God. All of the nations are like nothing to him. They're like nothingness and less than nothing. They're like complete not- zero and nothingness. Who are you going to even compare God to? What kind of form are you going to give to God that you can say that I can possibly understand him? God is nothing like the, the idols. The Pesel, the idol, it was shaped by a woodworker, by a carpenter. And the and the ones that are made out of gold were fashioned by a by a um, by a goldsmith. And the and and he only just forged links of silver in order to adorn that that um that idol. It's nothing. Those were made by a person. as a gift. To this God, he chooses some kind of um, berry or, or tree. Then he goes and he chooses, in order to make it, he chooses some good kind of wood in order to make it a quality idol. That's what a good carpenter is going to search for. He'll search for a nice quality piece of wood in order to make a pestle that, 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 won't, that will last, that won't slip and fall. But what's that? That's nothing. You get a good piece of wood, you make a quality idol, but it's still a person building it. It's nothing. Hello, Teidu, hello, Tishmo. Don't you know? Haven't you heard? Hello, who God may rosh lachem. Wasn't it told from you to you a long time ago? Hello, have no Don't you understand how the land was built? Stop looking at these idols. Look at who the creator of it all. Don't you know by now who created it all? Hayoshev al aretz. It is he who has who sits above the vault of the earth, the one who is not on earth, not a piece of wood or a piece of silver or gold, but the one who is above it all, who's beyond it all, who's not in the world of existence as we see it. Those that reside in this world to God are like grasshoppers, are like nothing. He doesn't even reside in the heavens. He is the one who's made the heavens. He made the heavens like a tent in order for the people to live in. But he himself is not in the heaven. He himself is beyond the heaven. He makes those that think they're great. He makes them into nothing. Those that think they rule the land. They are like zero. They're like complete, absolute nothing. Tohu is translated in English as nothing. But in Hebrew it's a much more powerful word than nothing. I don't know if there is a word in English that, that reflects that. But... Anyway, Af Balni Tohu Af Balzuro. 
the people have hardly done anything. They, um, the, the, the people that are the Rosnim, those people that think they're so great, they barely even start to plant, barely even start to lay seeds. They barely even took root in the earth. In other words, they're so short in their time on this world. When God can blow upon them, and they will just dry out, and they get blown off like straw. Like, yes, a person, people are like that, like the grass of the land, like it was referred to before. The strength of God is something beyond what we can possibly understand. And we can't understand why there is strength of God and punishment, and we also can't understand why God also acts as the shepherd that gathers his sheep. What does God say? You cannot compare me to anything. These are some of the basics of philosophy that is to be found in the words of Yeshayahu here. Some of the basics of monotheism, some of the basics of, of, of the ideas that the Rambam Maimonides has taught us. You cannot understand me by trying to compare me to things that exist in this world. That's what Kadosh, that's what God said. Lift up your eyes and look up. And see who created all of this world around you. The one who can go out and count. And by each number is all of the hosts, all of the stars and planets and constellations and galaxies of the sky. God knows each and every one. The Kulambish he calls each one a separate name. Merov Onim And from all of his greatness and all of his mighty, mighty strength, and this is crucial, Ishlo Nedar. This is also a very basic idea of Jewish philosophy of Ishlo Nedar. This great, great, mighty God doesn't forget even one man. He, nothing is hidden from him. In all of his might, each and every person is important. Knowledge of each and every person and his and her life and the meaning of his and her purpose is important to God. This is something we cannot understand and therefore, uh, but we do need to know it. And once we get this lesson that God knows and understands the heart in each and every person, Ishayao concludes the chapter saying, Lama Tomar Yaakov, why should the people of Jacob, the people of Israel, Taber Yisrael, say the following, that God does not know my way? That God doesn't know, God doesn't care, He just blows me away like nothing. And that my cause, my justice, is something that He does not care about, that He ignores me. Don't you know? Don't, haven't you heard Elohei Olam, the God of this world, Adonai Borekitzosar, it's the one who has created the entire world, Loiath, he does not tire, it's not like he's exhausted from thinking about the big things, that he doesn't have time or energy to look at the little things, in Cheker so his understanding, there is no end or limit to his understanding, God can and does understand and know what is going on with each and every one of us in our own hearts, because there are no boundaries to his knowledge and his understanding. It's not like he can only learn or know up to X, but not up to Y. He can get it all. Yes, it's true that he it does, there is might, there is suffering, there is punishment, but he is also the one that gives the weary strength, the strength that we have to make it through. And he gives a lot of strength to the one who is exhausted. 
it's true that so many young men can work and get exhausted and they can trip and fall because of their exhaustion however if they had faith and they understood this the those that do hope for God they will get extra strength they will be able to raise their limbs like eagles they will not be exhausted but they will run forward they will keep on going no matter what, they will keep on going. They will not get tired and exhausted because of suffering because they will know that God is with them. God is their shepherd. God is with them. God knows their suffering and understands it even though we don't understand it and even though we will never be able we will never be able to understand God's understanding. This concludes Isaiah chapter 40. Thank you so much for listening. Looking forward to studying chapter 41 together.